but you know the sliding scale you know i don't think you know what good training is until you've had bad training you don't know what good sushi is until you've had gas station sushi yeah hey everybody welcome to whiskey lead and steel the official podcast of aggressive division solutions also known as feelings hurt while you wait hey today i'm here with rick myself lee and jeremy and we're going to talk about how do you get good training so rick um so how do you know that you're getting good training? How do you know yeah. you're good training? Um, yeah. So one of the things that I'm looking for, and, and quite honestly, this is one of the reasons that we decided to get in the podcast business, right? Um, is we looked around and there's, whew, there's a lot of less than desirable, less than fantastic training out there uh, in, the, in the community and in the space. One of the things that I look for when I start to figure out whether or not I'm getting good training is whether or not the instructors have the depth of the background that we're looking for you know amongst the three of us there's damn near 100 years worth of training and military experience and law enforcement experience here um so one of the things that i look for is what are the collateral knowledge bases of the instructor right so if you've got a guy who it's gonna we'll say handgun i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be handgun instructor because i've decided to be handgun instructor i've hung my shingle out okay cool well that's great. It's fantastic if you can demonstrate that you have a, a working knowledge of the fundamentals of marksmanship and, and you can impart that information. But what is it that I'm looking for? So if I'm if I'm looking for defensive handgun carry, right? I want to learn. I'm going to get my concealed weapons permit so I can carry a gun. The mechanics of how to put lead on steel or, or, or copper through paper that's fantastic. But am I going to get the information necessary to Avoid the gunfight, right? As you always say, mm -hmm. what's the best way to be successful in a gunfight? Find out when the gunfight's going to be and don't be there. Yeah. Um, and then after the gunfight has happened, now what do I do? How do I keep myself out of prison? How do I keep myself from having to live in a cardboard box under a freaking overpass because I've been sued? So if I have an instructor who all they know how to do is get me to accurately put rounds on paper... That has its purpose, but is that really good training? Is that what I'm looking for? Um, and so I, I think when you're looking for an instructor and you're looking for a group of instructors, whatever, you need to look at the full width and depth of what it is that they're doing and what it is that they have as a knowledge base and how important the, colla the, the collateral information is to them, to you. Mm -hmm. I know from us, right. you know, it's, it's not enough for me to teach you how to be able to effectively shoot. I want you to understand all of the stuff that happens to the left and the right of bang. Um, and so that's that's what I look for when I go get other training because I do continuing training as do the rest. Okay? Mm -hmm. What about you, Jeremy? So I think it's a sliding scale. I don't think it's binary. It's not good or bad. You know, you can take different things away. Once again, depending on kind of what you're looking for, which you alluded to there. But, you know, the sliding scale, you know, I don't think you know what good training is until you've had bad training. You don't know what good sushi is until you've had gas station sushi. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's unfortunate it's one of those things that if you only get a chance to attend one training class a year, that's what your standard is. Yeah. If you're taking two or three or whatnot, okay, hey, I kind of like what Rick taught, but not the way that Lee did it. Mm -hmm. So it's, what are you trying to get out of it? How long do you have? What is your investment in the course? Yeah. You know, can you only afford one class a year? Because let's admit, you know, this stuff isn't cheap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not even... 
we can go down a whole rabbit hole about round count, but you know, what is your investment in time away from your family, away from your job, you know, away from what you do on a day to day? You know, did you give up the family vacation so you could spend seven hundred dollars to go to the range one weekend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or did you? Or did you spend? You spent seven hundred dollars to attend somebody's class, but they don't ask. The, you know, the class isn't available on your weekend. Right. So now you you dropped a leaf slip for two days. Mm-hmm. What's a leaf slip worth to you, right? And mm-hmm. and then you got to buy ammo and all. Yeah, so absolutely, the, the the investment dollars racks up pretty damn quick. So yeah. And, and yeah, it all depends on what you try to get out of it. But what are your grading criteria for the class? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you determine what is a good class? Is it the personality of the instructors? Hey, this guy really knew his stuff, but he's got the personality of a dumpster lid. You know, <laughs> freaking, yeah. you know he he. He's great at shooting, but he can't teach me how to shoot because he can't effectively convey that information. Yeah. So personality instructors, round count, time involved, you know, what you had to bring to it, you know, it, it, it's all kind of, I don't want to call it subjective, but it all depends on what you're trying to get out of it, I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that, that, that good training, of course, should be effective training, right? <laughs> those, those, yeah. those, two things, those two things are, are, are not are not independent. Um, I think it goes to the shooter themselves, right? So what what you mentioned, Jeremy, that this may this guy may be a great instructor, but he can't convey the information to me. It might work for somebody else, but I think it also also a more basic question becomes: What is the shooter's level of knowledge? Yeah. Right. So if you've got a brand new novice shooter the idea of what is good training to that individual is certainly going to be vastly different to somebody who has been doing it for their entire life. Yeah. Right. The, so the, you know, we've talked about things like, you know, immersion training and, and some of those things where, you know, you, you really got to look at it, it. There may be the one guy that's out there that, Hey, I'm, I know the fundamentals of marksmanship and that is what's really going to be effective for that novice shooter. The novice shooter, whether they whether they want to learn to do defensive shooting, whether they want to get into competition shooting, or they want to go out and do some amusement park type training later on, that that individual basis is 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 kind of the same, right? You, you got to learn the fundamentals of marksmanship. You you've got to get into that. Um, but again, you know, if you look back a couple of years ago, I mean, everything on the internet was. Hey, the, the 10 jobs you can get into with, with little or no experience or money, firearms instructor was one of those, right? So everybody who had a gun sitting in a, in a, in a desk drawer, hey, I can go, I can go do a side gig and go be a firearms instructor. You know, everybody that, that drove by a recruiter's office, you know, at some point in their life, hey, I'm, I can go, I can go be a, I can go be a. I was downrange, I was an operator. I was, I was downrange, I was an operator, right? And, and, and anyway, a truck. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, so, so, so that brings up a good point, right? Yeah. You know, in, in looking at who the instructors are, right, and, and, and evaluating criteria from an instruction standpoint is, is he really gets into the, the, the ability of, of that individual to be able to convey knowledge and support to you, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, and as you said, you know, what do I want to get out of the class? As a new shooter, yeah, it's, 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 it can be pretty kind of wide open. Well, but especially since you don't know what you don't know. Right. You, you Again, you do not know what you do not know. Yeah. That's exactly this, right. This sushi tastes really good. Yeah. Exxon. Until tomorrow. Until <laughs> yeah, right? about midnight. Until about midnight, right? Yeah. But if, if, if you want to get into competitive shooting, you know, maybe the guy that is 
is been downrange and has been doing operational shooting is not the guy that's going to teach you the gaming aspect yeah. of, of yeah. competition shooting. Yeah. And the guy that is the world class IPSC champion may not be the guy you want to get your your defensive training from. Yeah, certainly. Right? Well, it, it, yeah. It, it's a prime example of that. So shout out to Todd, Todd Jarrett. Todd's a great dude. Phenomenal shooter. Phenomenal yeah. shooter, obviously mm -hmm. nine-time world champ. And one of the things that I always liked about working around Todd, working with him and training with him and taking classes from him uh, when I was doing things at Blackwater is Todd, anytime we taught a class, like we're teaching a SWAT team or mm -hmm. military guys, first thing Todd would come out and say is, look, I play a game for a living. I don't point guns at live people. I don't ever want to be in a position where people are pointing guns back at me. That's not what I do. Um, and so as a result of that, when he's teaching, he's giving the context of, okay, this is a mechanical operation for putting rounds on target rapidly and effectively. However, it might be a bad tactical decision. You guys will know more about that than I do because I don't have to worry about, you know, telegraphing beyond a barricade and getting right. fucking sniped as a result of it. Um, and so you're absolutely right, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and even back, even if we back away from that, the, the guy who has been downrange open carrying with a whole different set of ROEs or the guy who was a state trooper in Montana without any backup for 20 years, he's going to have a different perspective and he's going to have a different goal set than somebody who goes, uh, okay, you're not a gym rat and you're not super athletic and you're carrying a gun as an equalizer because of the criminal element and... You're not a cop. You don't have qualified immunity or those things. If they don't understand that, they don't recognize that. And if you as the end game consumer don't understand and recognize that and don't know to answer those questions or ask those questions, you could find yourself getting taught to do the wrong thing. And then that means that, that you're getting bad training and you're not getting a good investment out of it. No, so, yeah. but you know, let's, let's take that a step further. You've got somebody who's decided, hey, I need to, I want to get some training. I've just bought a handgun. I want to take a handgun course. How do I sit there and determine, you know, between two people's basic handgun one-on-one courses, for lack of better terms? You know, time, money, round count, you know, all those things. But, you know, does more money equal better training? Does more rounds equal better training? Not necessarily. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm, I'm that, I would agree, that's I would agree with both have, of you on that one. That's where you got to do the so, war dire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I work at the gun shop. <laughs> I carried a gun for a living in a non-permissive environment. Mm -hmm. All things being equal, you're going to lean towards the guy who actually has credible experience. Which is odd because you might find that... We, we've had this conversation mm -hmm. as, a, as a rabbit hole on this one. Because we're, we're Cold War guys and then, yeah. you know, go for it. So there were plenty of guys that we knew in the military who never made it to Desert Storm, did their whole time between Vietnam and Grenada, or Vietnam and Desert mm -hmm. Storm, who were no bullshit shooters and yeah. operationally sound good dudes, just never got the chance to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But they had been trained to do it, and they had they had mm -hmm. trained to do it and been prepared for it, yeah, as opposed yeah. to some guy who's a fucking strap, ha strap hanger and said, well, you know... I'd like to get into this. You know, the, the guy has good information, can pass on good information. He just hasn't had the opportunity to
to directly apply it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he's got bad information. Right. I would rather, me personally, I'd rather talk to a guy or get information from a guy like that than from a guy who had the opportunity to go do all that stuff and chose not to and decided to fucking be a LARPer, for lack of a better phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I think. No, no, no. I, I, you're right. So, so I mean, you, you don't have to have been in a, a dynamic range or a, you know two way shooting range yeah. uh, in order to in order to to know the information or, or yeah. be able to pass on the information. Yeah. Um, but as as you're looking at somebody, if if it looks like that you know, they've gotten their information off of, I went to a class for somebody, or I watched a YouTube video, that that might be that might be problematic. Um, and, and again, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the whole barricade thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Right. You got look. So, you got to get like that Kevlar condom so you don't get splinters. Yeah. So so <laughs> hump that you know when we talk about things like bar right? We talk about barricades, right? Yeah. So everybody uses the industry standard today is the the, the Vickers barricade, yep. right? Nope. But it is used. It, it is used. Kind of two different ways, right? Yeah. It's used as a barricade. It's also device. as a training device for a barricade. It is also used as a, as a training device, as a stable shooting platform. Yeah, an, an, right? an, an, an improvised right? platform. An impro right, an improvised platform, a stable improvised platform. Those are two unique usage of the same training device. Yep. And what we see constantly and consistently is people that are using the barricade when it's being called a barricade as a stable platform those are two completely different things yeah, absolutely and what you have is when you talk to some people that, that, that do instruction they do not understand that those are two different things why because they went to a class somewhere somebody taught them something they start to conflate the usage of those two different devices into one just generic, generalized thing. And that's that's where we start coming down, and I get to say, stop dry humping the barricade, yeah. right? Because right, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. And But my shock groups aren't typer. How can, I, how can I be learning something bad? So, you know, when, when a barricade starts wobbling around, right, it, it's, it's not a stable platform, right? It's, it's, it is cover, right? Cover is not necessarily cover, a stable platform. Cover concealment. And, 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 mm -hmm. you know, and then you get back to the whole, and then we start talking about gamesmanship, right? Mm -hmm. So in the IDPA and the IPSC, well, in the IPSC world, USPSA world, of course, that it might make sense for you to run up mm -hmm. and lean against a barricade to make a 100-yard shot. I wouldn't. Right, because mm -hmm. we've talked about you know shared dynamics and and recoil management, but I get that. But in a real world application, if that's a barricade and not a prop in the game, mm -hmm. now you've locked yourself into an immobile position. You're now having to to wait as you manage recoil that's been shared by this device, and you've telegraphed your position. Mm -hmm. Put a big red flag up. Here I am. Please fucking shoot back at me. Um, and then, so then you ask the question. You go, okay, well, how is it, how or why is it that that this is happening the way it is? Mm -hmm. Well, and a, not to sound like a dick, but at the end of the day, this is how this goes. If you're getting your training about a subject by somebody who has never had practical application of that subject, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to MIT... And your professor 
of engineering never engineered anything. He never designed anything. He never built anything. He never left college and went out into the world and got paid for some shit that he built. Maybe he's not the guy to take that class from, you know, because if it's just theoretical work, how do you then know whether or not the theory is applicable? And if I'm giving you my money, I want to know that what you're telling me is viable, worthwhile shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things that was great about working at Blackwater back in the day was I do a I do a training session with you know guys, whoever they were, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, whomever they were, and those guys would do their pre-deployment spin up, and they would train, and then they would leave, and they would go downrange, and then I'd see those guys twelve months later, you know, and shoot the shit with them, and I'd go, hey, while I'm here, and they go, oh, this thing that we covered. That worked really well. This other thing, not so much. We never had an application for this, but this thing here, this was really good. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up kind of transitioning that a little bit to this other thing, and this is how it works. So then I got their knowledge back from them, and then the disclosure on that one was when I taught them, I go, look, I've done this, and we've determined that it works. Some guys that I trained modified it, they came back and told me about the mod. I've never had to use the mod, but they said it works, and I have reason to believe it. So then, then you get back to, is my is my instructor credible? And if you if your instructor is not credible, then you're probably not getting good education. You're probably not getting good training. Um, and then of course that falls back into, and then we find ourselves, why is this guy teaching? Because well, I can make a lot of money, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. he said. So um, far, but, yeah. and, and you know you brought up the round count. Yeah, but, you know, um, round count's important. I was gonna say you know, we've been focusing on instructors, be it their background, their currency, right. their personality, what have you. But yeah, there are other factors. Yeah, there are other factors. I mean, I mean, if if you see a hey, here's a weekend course and, and you need to bring five thousand rounds, um, this is a fucking machine gunner's course. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really really thinking that 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 maybe. Um, Maybe that would be the course I would shy away from. Is that five thousand rounds for a basic handgun course? <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, with a buffet, <laughs> with a buffet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most of these uh, handguns aren't going to make it through yeah. that course. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a canic. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got five thousand rounds in a canic. So, bring so, some shit. <laughs> so, <about> two. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, I mean, some of the things that, that, that we see, you know, in in you know, in, in the shooting match, you know, is um. You know, lazy reloads, right? Poor trigger control, right? Um, poor body position, right? And, and you're watching people in, in the shooting competition, and you go, you don't understand basic body mechanics. You don't, un- you don't actually understand. Because you can get away with that you hammering a target at three yards. You you don't understand. Magnum you know, the fund- You don't understand the fundamentals of marksmanship. Yeah. And some of them, are, hey, I, I, I took this really cool class. You take this really cool class. Taking this really cool class, and it's like, but you don't have the basic fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need a and, rebate from your instructor because if you took that <laughs> class and this is how you shoot, right. you got done. Right. I, I mean, you it, got the gas station sushi. You, right. you got gas yeah, station like sushi. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you're, yeah, if, you, if you're slapping the trigger, right, and you know you're you're standing straight up, or as soon as you draw, you go into the 1970s police drama crouch. Yeah. Right. 
Or that, yeah, that, that fucking, that, that World War One fucking course from the army where you I'm put not, your hand in your I'm pocket. Not, I'm not even going to go there. But, 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 Seven but, paces a draw. Right. But, but, but we all we all see it, right? The, the, right? You know, the, 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 the body, the, the balance, oh, yeah. right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, the body balance. Squat it's, down. it's like, you know, the, you got to hammer in those basic fundamentals. And, you know, the courses you're taking, so when you look at that, hammer in those. And you're not going to get that at, Okay, it doesn't even have to be five thousand rounds. <laughs> even, even you know, even a thousand rounds on a on a basic. That was a thousand rounds you know, of fucking handgun in two days is that's a lot. Huge, mm-hmm. right? Especially huge, if right? this isn't what you do for a living. Exactly. You know, if exactly. you well, you know, the Sutton drill. Right? You know, when you talk about reloads. Yeah. Right. You know, your 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 drill on that is it's a low round count. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you keep you know repeatedly you know reloading your weapon right? It's it's very low round count, just high mag and tensile right. So, yeah. so you so you practice that mechanical movement over and over and over again. If you're doing a drill where everything is a, a mag dump and then a reload and then a mag dump and a reload and a mag dump and a reload, you're getting a lot of trigger presses. But what happens with with that is you've got guys that, that well well you've you've got instructors that are looking at your reload because this is a reload drill and then they stop paying attention to your your trigger manipulation yeah. right and and I'm getting tired and I'm not I'm, I'm I start slapping the trigger I'm not resetting the trigger correctly because I'm concentrating because this is a reload drill. And and, yeah. and then you. But I'm getting more trigger time yeah. than I am reload time. Yeah, but but then it, and then the other thing that goes along with it from a biomechanics standpoint of it, so you're throwing your gun out there and you're running 15 rounds, and you're doing a reload and you're running 15 rounds, but you're fucking holding that gun out this whole time, mm-hmm. and now your shoulders are getting hard. So mm-hmm. now now everything's getting tight, and you're now and again. When you're tired and your brain starts looking for the shortcut, now you're learning shortcuts, mm-hmm. and they're shit shortcuts. Yeah. And right. then the result of that is that's what you've done the most, that's what you've done last before you leave the range, and you go away because you're all happy because you've shot a shitload of ammo, and you know the guy told you that you're the next fucking John Wick. And, and Monday morning, Monday morning, around the fucking coffee, you're like, dude, man, I was there. It was. We fucking shot for 17 fucking hours. I shot 2,000 rounds. I'm a fucking badass. And I have fucking carpal tunnel syndrome now, but that's because I'm a cool dude, right? And the instructor said I was awesome. Okay, great. Because you gave the instructor 800 bucks, and oh, when you signed up, you signed up for the next class, which is the following week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the instructor wants you. But whatever, but... Yeah, so what happens is you develop all these bad fucking habits, mm-hmm. and then you show up to the range, and you start shooting your gun on on the courses, at, you know, for a competition, and you're doing the bad shit that you got in the habit of doing, and your instructor never came by and said, hey, "Slow down, do this." You know, when when I'm designing a course, um, no pun intended, I'm looking for the best bang for the buck, mm-hmm. right? Because for starters. Everything that we do, I've got a demo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time I press the trigger, it costs me thirty-five cents, mm-hmm. right? So I want to be able to demo and not break the bank on me from a logistical standpoint, or you know, because all the RSOs, I guess all find the fucking ammo for the RSOs anytime we do the demo, right? But then the other aspect of that is, I want to get the the student out there and 
you got to find that fine line, and part of it has to do with the, the student, part of it has to do with the class. And you go, okay, on average, the average adult needs four iterations of a biomechanical skill to hammer it in. As I like to say, the first time you get it right, that was luck. The second time you got it right, that was uh, coincidence. And then the third and fourth time that you got it right, that demonstrates that you really understand and you get it. Um, but if you wear these guys out, if you wear the student out and you exhaust them and then you bankrupt them mm-hmm. by making them shoot all this fucking ammo, then they're going to go downrange. And, and we've all been there. This is one of the things that fucking kills me is you'll have a conversation with somebody and they'll be telling you about the guy that, oh, I took this class from this dude. I've been, I've been training with this guy for this amount of time. And you go, okay, cool. And you watch them shoot and you go, either that guy is a shit instructor and he's not paying attention to you or you really don't pay any attention or there's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and, and it has to do with round count because people equate round count so many times with, well, I got to shoot a lot of rounds. Well, no, it's like going to the gym, right? If you go to the gym one time a month, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you're, you're never going to get fit. If you go to the gym for an hour every Monday, right, you'll get strong, you'll get fit, you'll get decent at this. Same thing happens with shooting or playing the fucking guitar. But if you can go to the gym 20 minutes a time, three times a week, if you lock into that, you're going to get stronger, you're going to get faster, you're going to get better in less time. Because over time, the more often you do it, even in shorter iterations, the better off you're going to be. Same thing with shooting. Um, like, like when I was still shooting competitively, right? So we'd have team training days where I'd shoot 700 rounds on a team training day in five hours. And then the, every, the rest of the week, I would go out, come out here to the executive range just with a standard loadout, just the six mags on my belt. And I would run drills until I ran all the gun, ran all the ammo out of my belt, and I'd pack my shit up and left. But I did it every day. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I never got exhausted. I never got tired. I never got beat down. I never started developing bad habits. Um, and then again, also, I wasn't spending 500 rounds every time I went to the range. And, and you know, at that time, burning up the team's money. Mm-hmm. But the team's money was still, you know, money that we had still to earn. Right so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so, yes, I mean, round count's important and frequency. I mean, that, that, that's a natural segue there. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot five thousand rounds a year, and that's that's gonna be your shooting budget. You've been there, you've been there, right? Mm-hmm. You first sergeant. I, I did yeah. some of that as yeah. a gunny in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's our ammo allotment for the year right. for a company. Mm-hmm. How many times are we gonna get in ranges? Right. Well, if we only go to the range when we go to the summer FX. Mm-hmm. Then we're just engaged in ballistic masturbation. Right. But if mm-hmm. we can get a range every other month, yeah. our right. shooters are going to be better. You know, I mean that's no, that's definitely one way to look at it. But I mean, yeah. So round count, you know, how many, how much is reasonable to get in in let's say a weekend? Yeah. You know, but you know, another one, you know, hey, what what's the vetting of students? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, do you need to complete my pistol one hundred and one to get to pistol two hundred and two? Well, I'm on a gun site, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
you're a dev group? No, no, no. You're going to have to take pistol number one through number seven before you can come take pistol eight. But, you know, same thing. But just because somebody completed pistol 101 with you, does that mean they can come to pistol 202? Hey, I did pistol 101 this week. I see you got an opening for pistol 202 next week. Can I come to pistol 202? Hold on there, Slick. Mm-hmm. Yes, you completed the basics for 101. Yeah. You might want to go back and get in some dry fire wraps and get in your own personal time before you come back to 202. Or is it just, hey, I got another student. That's another 800 bucks. Hey, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on down. Mm-hmm. I, I- I think I think you you kind of that that's an interesting that's an interesting as, aside you know to, 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 to look at well, we, that, it, you know to, to have a hard rule if you don't take this from me you can't take this next one um, as opposed to looking at the student and going hey yes you've got this this background you've done these things you want to get into this other thing yeah sure you you you're because there's no instantly standard you know because i took there, there pistol no, 101 from joe bob means i can take pistol 202 from right. ag def sol or right. whatever well and it's true right there there, there are no there are no standards there are no standards, there, there are no standards in training in, 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 in today's you know you know gun community um but but it but it is you know Having somebody that wants to sign up for an advanced course that you, you haven't taught before, of going, hey, let me know what your background is, right? Because you've done that, right? Oh, we, we've yeah, done that, right? We, we, we've done yeah. that, right? But to say, yeah, if you haven't taken, if you haven't taken one on one, I don't care who you are, where you come from, you can't take my my four hundred level class. You've got to go through through everything, right? I, I think that is a, I think that's a good thing to look at as as far as. At least, I'm going to call it just the ethics of, of who you're who you're going to go train with, right? Because if it's if it's simply money, right? If it's simply you can't do these things um, because you haven't taken this class, that's just I just want your money. No, right? but at the same time, you know, I'm sure all three of us have seen mm-hmm. where you have had a student that majorly overrepresented themselves and their abilities. Here's that's like, and, and hey, that's, that's a great point. maybe this isn't the course for you. Mm-hmm. Here's your money back. I'm not going to waste either of our time this weekend. And, 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 and so, and so we've actually done that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I mean, so and the way it works with us is, and I wish more people did it this way, quite honestly. But so when we put a class out, and uh, and this is one of the reasons that we don't do, you know, level one, level two. I mean, that's all shit, right? Master's level, um, <laughs> advanced uh, handgun operator. Yeah, advanced handgun operator, barricade humping buffet <laughs> class. But one of the things that I do is I go, okay, here's what you're gonna do in this class. No bullshit. This is what we're gonna do. If you're up for that, if you're honest with yourself and you go, yeah, I can do this. I'm gonna take you at your word. Now you might be at the bottom level able to do it or you might be at the top level but realistically if you're at the top level you ought to be able to sorry i thought you were waving me she just flies off um you ought to be able to uh get something out of that class right um but i've had people who said oh yeah i can do all that they come out for like an carving operators class they come out and go okay we're gonna start talking about these things we're gonna do things and they they don't know how to work their way around the car game. I go, okay, look, here's the deal. They've, they've never, they've, they've never field stripped it yeah. and cleaned it. Yeah. it's brand you know, new. And so here's the deal. So it's Cosmoing art. If you want, 
you can stay, but you got to understand that I can't allow you to hold up the class. Okay. So if if you can stay and get something out of this, you may do so. And if not, we'll give you a partial refund, right? Because you signed up for the class and that took somebody's seat. And we were upfront about what you what we expected of you, right? So Absolutely. You know, if if the class is a, you know, waterborne carbine operators class, and we go, Yeah, during the class you're gonna have to swim in full kit and you show up and you're you fucking terrified swim. of the water. You can't swim, you're a fucking unk rock. Dude, you should have seen this coming, right? Um, and so you got to be ethical as an instructor. You got to be ethical as a student. But yeah, the whole idea of, and I ran into some classes with this um, when I was teaching you know, for Blackwater and, and going to other companies. Mm-hmm. Well, if you haven't taken this class, you can't take that class. And I go, and then my answer to that has always been, and, and we've had some of that, is go, Tell you what, you say that you want to shoot in this class, and I don't know that you have the background for it. Day one of the class, I'll run you through the qual drills for the level for the level one class, as it were. Let me clip on it. And if you're good, then you can stay. And if not, it's probably in the place for you to get get what it is that you need. But that requires that the instructor and the organization be upfront and clear and honest and it requires that this the, the client be honest mm-hmm. you know we we've all been there where oh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I shoot all the time I'm a constantly shooter I've got all I know all this good you know okay cool yeah because I've got I've got a CMMG and I've got a Daniel Defense and I'm carrying a, a staccato I've got Trigicons on oh I know what I'm talking about you uh, okay cool and the guy shows up with all his Gucci gear and then you're like, all right, well, lock your bolt to the rear on that M4. Let's take a look at it. And he can't figure where the bolt lock is. Uh-huh. Well, this isn't like what I'm used to. I'm like, really? Are you used to like a fucking AK or something? <laughs> that's industry standard for the M4 platform <laughs> since 1962. Yeah. yeah so, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah. So, I mean, then, and then you get into the whole, now I got to look after my other students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how can uh-huh. it, you know. Let's, let's, well, let's, the, the, how we okay, there goes into a whole different thing, you know, understanding what the student to instructor ratio is. I was just right? about to say that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, right. And is is there just some guy there? <laughs> right. Man, or, give me, or, give me or, 30 or, students so I can maximize my right. freaking I mean, overhead. Is it, is it, I, I've got, I've got a lead instructor and I got somebody, some other guy there that doesn't understand what they're doing. Um, well, I, he's, he's I, taking a class to learn. No, no, no. I look. I, I, I have no. I have no problem with, with having. He's in my pyramid scheme. Right. He's. I have my no, I, I, I have no problem with with you know bringing people in to, to teach them to be an instructor or, or you know. Um, yeah. But if if you know we, we pretty much stick with a one to six you know student instructor r- ratio, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, how many people can you watch? Yeah. Right. And if I got more than six, right. Students are always asking questions, yeah. and that guy that's not on the line is is really needs to be able to answer those questions. And it can't be, I just have some guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so and and so of course the way we handle that um, is it's it's one to six student instructor in the class. Mm-hmm. I've worked for companies, um, not Blackwater, uh, but I've worked for other companies that the goal was well. 
it's one to eight on the line. So you can have, you by yourself can have 32 students. You just can't have any more than eight of them on the line at any given time. Well, so the way we do it, obviously, is you know if we've got 18 folks, then realistically what we end up doing is we split it in half. And I put two instructors on the line, the rest of the shooters off the line with an instructor. And the instructor on the back behind the line is expected to be talking to them and going, okay, right. see what that guy's doing right there? Mm-hmm. This is why that's good. See that mm-hmm. right there? That's Here's not, why that's, we do this this, is this why way. We do that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the, that way the education and the learning is occurring the whole time the students are there because you're, you're right. round robbing them. As opposed to, because I've, I've been in a class, the department, the police department sent me, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting here for sent me in a class. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. me, and, me, another, me and another 15 other strap hammers just, standing around waiting for my opportunity to go up there and waiting for fire 15 rounds and dump mags and right. yeah and you're mm-hmm. you're just waiting for your turn to to get back into the class yeah and you're, and you're right with without somebody back there so so i think that that is something that that a, that a new student or a new shooter rather oh, can yeah. really oh, absolutely. that's a good question to ask and you know your point on it is is the student instructor relation ratio but I really hadn't thought. You're, you're right that it's the student to instructor exposure, if you will. You know, overall, right? Is it is it just the number of students on the line that is your ratio, or is it the, the total number in the class? And are those extra instructors? Are they are they really instructors? Or are they RSOs? Are they just <laughs> safety RSOs? Safety observers, yeah. Or just <laughs> safety observers, yeah. Right. So I those, I think those are those are kind of. Good yeah. questions to ask when you're when you're kind of vetting your vetting your training as a, as a, as a new, yeah. new shooter, right? Yeah, absolutely. Coming in. So uh, we've been at it for a while. Uh, <laughs> any uh, any any uh, saved rounds or alibis? Oh. Um, just uh, you know, there th- might th- be there might be a part two of this in the future when we think of something that. Yeah. Well, um, so you know, it's, well, it's, we, it's, could, we could we could probably it's, it's sit a, here for three hours. Yeah, it's an yeah. Effort, especially yeah, if we had brown water. It's an ever-evolving uh, operation, but um, thanks for the insight. Thanks for the information. I appreciate it. Hope you guys found it uh, entertaining and enjoyable. I don't know if anybody. Do you, I don't know if anybody got their feelings hurt, so I don't know. If oh, we, oh, some feelings got hurt today. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Were they operators? They were. They were the buffet operators. operators. They're the buffet operators. Yeah. All right. So. Thanks again. Um, so that's it. Follow us. Keep an eye on us, and uh, if you have any interest. Send us some information so we can talk shit on whatever it is you want us to talk shit about at the end of the day. Thanks. Be safe. Take care. So I think it's a sliding scale. I don't think it's binary. It's not good or bad. You know, you can take different things away. Once again, depending on kind of what you're looking for, which you alluded to there.